Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're headed back over the 30th parallel this week with Sam Fuller's 1951 Korean War film, Fixed Bayonets. Set during the woes of the Chinese Winter Offensive of 1950, we follow one platoon's attempt to save their division in a rearguard action. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yep. And Nate. You almost tripped up on Chinese, but I give you credit for that. Oh, wait, it goes. Yeah. So, guys, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. All right. It's a sigh. Good night. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Nate, no, you go first. No, you, no, no. No, you really no, go Nate first. No. You always just go, oh, well, well, well these guys just say it's, everything. It's you go first, Nate. It's a 1950s movie. That's all I need to say. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I was going to say the exact same thing. Nate. Um, you know, uh, often uh, when, uh, you know, when I was in film school and stuff like that, I, everyone loves to talk about like the famous Westerns, you know, like the Western era, like, you know, John Wayne Westerns and stuff like that. I mean, those were like the big movies of the time. And, uh, you know, I, I watch I've seen a number of John Wayne films and every time they've concluded, I've always thought the same thing. That was a John Wayne movie. All right. And that's that's kind of how I felt about this. It was like, yeah, it's a 1950s war movie. I uh, I don't have much to say about it, honestly. I, I don't think I've ever like this. This might be like the least amount of things I have to say about it. I mean, maybe the discussion will kickstart something, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I I I'm I'm running into the same problem, which is why I'm like, don't make me go first because I don't know what to say other than it's 1950s movie. I mean, like you know, I I like my 1950s movie. I like my World War II 1950s movies, but I only like a very handful amount of them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Brian loves 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 this movie, and yet he shit on Attack, he said he couldn't even get through it. Hold on a second. To clarify, I have do not say I love this movie. I love Battleground. Which is a great movie. Okay. I've never what? seen Fixed Bayonets. I heard of it. Oh, okay. So. Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, because I, I, I was, I was, I no, was messaging. I, no. I was yes, messaging. I will clarify. Yeah, yeah I, I was messaging Brian last night, and we were both like, "This is a piece of shit." <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I mean, I mean, I, I will say there are some aspects I liked about it. Like every other movie, it's like you, you gotta, you gotta cherry pick some of 1950 stuff. It's like there's some things that that, that they did so in, what, that what, movie, in this movie yeah, that you don't yeah. normally see. You know, the way they do it, it kind of felt very. Um, not the norm of that kind of style in that era. So those are the, and, I, and we'll go into depth. I'll go into depth and layer on that. But like, th- there are good things that did come up, but this wasn't like a filthy, flaming pile of turd like midway. No. What are the no, good things not. then? Let's start. Let's start with that before Brian even goes. What are the good things that you noticed, Nate? Good. This will be quick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because he paused. Well, yeah, I mean, well like, like it's like if I say if I say the, if I say the good things, I feel like you're just gonna rip me apart now for it. But I mean, they're gonna put me on a pedestal. No, okay, I just want to know. I, I genuinely want to know what you saw was I, good. I, I mean, the wood I, chipper's I, been turned on. Yeah, I mean, like I genuinely there there were little there were little moments. In that, I think it's more of moments in the field that felt very 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 genuine to me like i liked the the one of the moments that made me actually made me laugh out loud was the guy going oh these are stalactites and that's a stalagmite and the guy like slips and falls head first in the thing he's like oh you know you can tell that's a stalagmite like shut up <laughs> like like that 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 made me laugh and, that, and there were bits of that that kind of went into it the actual the even though it was corny i actually liked the you can smell them and by the time you realize it's over and it was like jump cut 
Gr- or uh, was it Griff is on the mic? Jump cut, Chinese man. <laughs> like I, I liked, I liked that. I actually liked that. Oh, yeah. So there were things, and I, I liked even though I know you can tell their sets. I do like the snow. I, I, I do give them credit for doing snow. Like mm-hmm. if you if you think about it as a, as a, as, uh-huh. as, as well well in, if you think about it, it's like it's like you could do a Korean War film not in snow. You could just do yeah. mountains and okay. stuff like that. But they okay. went they decided to go that route, and that and it does add an extra, even though it is obviously you know background and then a set with a mountain with a hilltop on it and then fake snow it does add very a, obvious. It, it does yeah it does add a very unique okay. uh style to it that not you don't to, at least i don't normally see in those films just to interject quickly mm-hmm. you know this is an interesting film well no the, brain it's your turn this, it's your turn I, I, well, i'm also not done and there's also one more thing well yeah i just want to say one oh. thing quick um sure. so you know <laughs> this film was you know shot during the korean war Right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. what was fresh on the minds of people in the West was the Chosen Reservoir disaster. You know, the Chinese winter offensive of, of 1950. So I think that's why they really emphasized to try to go with the snow because, you know, 1951, everybody's talking about the pushback to the 38th parallel. You know, like 1950 was insane. The first few months of the Korean War is fucking crazy. Like, if anybody really looks into it with the sway <clears throat> yeah. from the Pusan perimeter, Inchon, like, it's fucking insane. It's very comparable to the Eastern Front, but like on a, a scale of like well, six okay. months. Well, okay, I was going to ask that. Like, out of all of the like the wars of the 20th century, like the Korean War, you know, is one that I don't know a lot about, and most people don't. So I yep. was curious, and I'll have to ask you know like you guys this because you'll know. Were were there parts of the Korean War that were like the fucking Arctic like this? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, hundred okay. percent. Right. Yeah. Yep. I got okay. stories. I know guys are chosen where it was like negative thirty degrees, like okay. warm. Yep, same. Oh yeah. They, Dude, artillery like... guns were freezing. It was so fucking cold. They had okay. to push back the the howitzers with their hands because the fucking like hydraulics were frozen. Okay. It's insane. I, yeah, it's just that I don't know for like I, I've seen photos of the Korean War where you see like guys in parkas and stuff like that, but this was just like man, it, this looks like you know. Like the fucking North Pole or something, you know? Like this is crazy. Oh, it's basically it like Wisconsin. So remember when you were out here, yeah. Michael, and it was like nasty and shitty. That's how Korea was in the winter. Okay, yeah. interesting. It, it's very similarly like uh, on the um, long, or latitude. It's a yeah. peninsula longitude, with fucking longitude. like you know thousand peak mountains, especially where they were, because they're the right. northern part of the peninsula yeah. is very mountainous, North Korea. So it's just really shitty. It's like comparable to like northern New Zealand. You know where it's just like really cold winters. Okay, and just really I didn't high doubt it, but yeah. I was just curious. Like I was. Well, it's good. No, so yeah. that, that's that's how it was in the winters there. The summers were also very hot. Yep. You know, and so it's like, it's like yeah, you got the. It's like basically being up here, um, you know, because right now it's really hot out here. It's ninety degrees and whatever. And in the winter, it gets to where you witnessed and you saw. It's just shitty. Like you have that that extreme difference, right. and so yes, that that was factual. Okay, uh, Nate. Yeah, tangent over. Or, I'm sorry, sorry Nate. No, I, I don't care. That's fine. I thought uh, you had one point. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I just just because I was gonna lose it, and I almost and I think I have, but I I, I can't. Uh, the the one the one thing I did just find very even though it is you know stage filming in the fifties. I do like I did like you know the whole aspect of like being. Trapped in a cave, being gang freaking destroyed by mortars, 
and and again it's like it just it just felt it was just really cool to see some of the weaponry within that thing and, and how they kind of used it even though it's 1950s it, it is what it is the one the other thing i wanted to ask was was that a water cool that they were using mainly in the in the mountain? yeah they they used them a lot in korea oh, yeah. because they were more efficient than Okay. The, um, I, I knew you guys surprised. They had chosen too. They had problems with them freezing up. Guys would piss on them. Yeah, that, that happened a lot. But no, the yeah. water cools were used a lot during the chosen. Now, now is that is that yes. is that just because they were more preferable from Heavy elements, platoons. or is it? They're they're, they're more reliable. Oh, yeah. Because 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 like, what? Because what would more, be the yeah. would be on the turn of the A sixes? Well, the A fours. Well, A sixes were. Well, it's hard to say. Yeah, it is, but like they use the water cool. They actually use water cools in Vietnam. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm in, uh, yeah. And so they're heavy, but when you put them, when you put those things on a um, position, mm-hmm. you know that you can do sustained, if not cyclic right, fire, yeah, yeah. for a lot longer than you can with an air cooled yep. machine yep. gun. And yeah, they're heavier and everything, but like the effects are better and. Yes, they did use those through the entire Korean War into Vietnam, but like the Korean War, yeah, it was a lot of these units would choose those over the air cooled because they could fill up the water halfway, have it freeze, and then they'd be able to fire longer. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. I mean, like, I mean, like that's from from what I know. Right, right. No, but 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 it makes a lot. It logically makes sense. I mean, that's what you know. If if you're going through, right. you learn things as you go, and it's obviously you you would have you would want to use aspects of the weapon that might be like a failure to then help you sustain it longer. You know, so th- that's it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I that, I was just curious because I saw that. I I can't remember my last point, but I I there again there were parts of this movie that I liked. And then, it, and then, and then, that, and then, and then, and then, nineteen fifty. Yeah. The, the one, yeah. the one. Actually, I just jogged my memory. The one, the one part I did actually really like was the sergeant's death. It was just a very odd way of going out. It's like you know, I'm dead, and he's like, and then he's dead. And I just thought that was actually really well done. Weirdly, I know it might be really cliche, but I was like not expecting it. I'm waiting for like they punched my last ticket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something and, like and really yeah, cheesy. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good. That's a good. No, and, that's and, a good point. It's a fair point where he just goes, "I'm yeah, dead." Yeah, and then yeah. he's dead, and he doesn't. And you look, and he looks up, and he's the same facial reaction as when he said that. And that that actually really caught me off guard. And it was very, uh, a very, very yeah. strong moment yeah. that you don't expect in the 1950s films that normally come off very much like I punched my last ticket. You know, I, I, you know, oh, they got yeah, me. Yeah, some cliche oh, fucking line. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so, like that, 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 that. There were moments yeah. in that film and the writing that actually kind of felt like it was a little bit above a 1950s you know war film a little bit i can't remember the exact other moments but there were moments like that throughout the whole film that i liked but i think for the rest of it it was you know call me red yeah moscow tea yeah 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 hey Sarge, what are the commies up to now it's just like (laughs) shut up (laughs) michael michael that voice you fucking nailed it (laughs) Jesus Christ! Hey Sarge, where are the Reds? Yeah, though. Okay, that was one thing. I, I guess I can jump to that. Like we were watching this, and or I was watching it, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just waiting for like the 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 you know the the Mexican American or something or the Polish American to like to to show up and be like, 
how's it going, everybody? Like, the, all the foreigners in these fucking movies are all, like, you know, just fucking, like, really excited all the time and everything. You it's... mean the Italian man and then the... Then the, the... <laughs> I was just going to say, thank you. He's Italian. He's not yeah. fucking... Yeah. The, 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 He's the not, Italian yeah. guy and then the, uh, the, the, the Native American... American? Yeah. Yeah. But like the Italian, yeah, we not, lost your ear. Right. Yeah, like the, the foreigner guy, yeah, who's, you know, this, uh, you, you know. You call he, this a mountain? Right. He's got yeah. this fucking accent. And I everything can't like do that. Italian accent. I won't even try. But <laughs> he's, but that's how it is in all these movies. Like the, yeah, the Italian or whatever, the, the, the whatever foreign, whatever he is, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's, he's always like, Hey everybody, you know it, it's just he's like, look what I got or something like that. It's just really overdone. It, it's it, I was telling Brian this last night, but yeah, it's like when I watch all these older movies, there's just so much like underlying racism and shit that you just that you don't oh, pick like, up on. Yeah, when you're younger. So yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Speaking of brain, it's your turn, bud. Um, so. Yeah, I wanted to come back to the Korean War just because we have we've, we've done a lot now, like a lot of World War Two yeah. and jumped a lot around, you know, like eighties and Beirut and stuff. And um, so it's just interesting to like come back to a, a the Korean War from an American perspective. And there's not a lot of films from the American perspective that are good or even that are recent. Again, this is the Forgotten War, and there's like a billion from the fifties because that was you know what was in vogue. That was just the times. Um, and of all the ones, I'm really glad I chose this one because I really think it's the best of that like swell of like 20 to 25 films that came out. Um, there's Battle Circus, which is supposedly really good, and that's what uh, is about a MASH unit and became MASH later on. But um, no, so watching this, it, it was very interesting. And again, I try to contextualize all these movies, like you know. So I was trying to look at it from the late 50s, early late 40s, you know, early 50s perspective, and it's kind of really good. And revolutionary for its time because if you think about like what the, the the most recent big war film that came out right before this was sands of iwo jima which is arguably horrible and like even the veterans hated it arguably <laughs> well you know i could see but some like, boomers loving that one i like that they're, they're a tarawa it's the only time anything has ever depicted tarawa right which right. i give them credit right. for which is a cool you know um but it, it's horrible it really is. And then you come to this where, like, you see Americans die. You see a lot of Americans die. You see a lot of Americans die in different ways during a war. You know, it was just, it's just very interesting. You know, and also the way it's, it's shot. Like, with the tank in this one getting knocked out by the 75, again, to compare it to Senzi Iwo Jima, where, like, the flamethrower tank is, like, driving impervious to everything <laughs> and blowing up on Iwo Jima, which that is, like, eye roll. everybody Jesus. knows. Everybody knows there's, like, 75s and pack howitzers everywhere in Suribachi that knocked out so many tanks. So it's just they they did a really good job with, you know, using things. It's kind of it's not a minimalistic film, but they they tried to use everything that was given to them. They had 75s. They had water cooled. They had the Jeeps. They blew up in the beginning. Like, you know, gear wise, they did a really good they job. Had brown, they had brown 50 Brownings on the hill, too. That were blank adapted. Yeah. Firing. Yeah. That was fucking cool. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, it is a 1950s film. But there's a lot of really good gems in it. Like, the Japanese culture for the American soldiers, super correct. Because a lot of the guys that went to Korea in 50 were stationed in Japan. And they were occupation guys. And they were there forever. The 7th ID was there. And fucking, they were just told yeah. to go to Pusan. And they ended up later in the Chosen Reservoir and stuff. And, like, they knew all those Japanese words. Like, Ochiban and these things. And that was just, uh, 
I thought that was really interesting because when you read a lot of Korean War memoirs, that comes up. You know, like trips to yeah, Japan it does. Were, were common. Um, um, why why does Mike look like Mike B look like he's holding in a fart? Y- your mouth is tightening up as Brian speaks. You're just like you're you're just making faces. He's, he's and not that we can talk about. It, 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 I have to. Brian's Brian's he's 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 bringing up a lot of good points. And yes, <laughs> sure. I've uh, never a lot seen of shit, you try to I'm gonna... stifle it with your face. I've just the first time I've seen that. I have to bring it up. I want to hear this. I want to say. And... Sorry, Brian. Just to he's fin- making no, faces. I'll just, so... just to finish it up. Yeah. It's an interesting film yep. for its time. Yes. And they do, you know, do a lot of things that movies wouldn't do for a decade, at least later. You know, and to compare it to a decade earlier, this fucking Sergeant York it came a long way in war films from Sergeant York to this. You know, I have a point I want to make. Yeah, but uh, no, we can hear from Mike B first. The volcano. Here comes Tonga. Yeah. No, Mike A. Uh, you should definitely make your point first. <laughs> yeah. give, give you give you a little more time to simmer. Okay. Oh no, I, I actually, I actually, for the first time in this, well, maybe the second time, I actually wrote notes. Okay, cool. Ooh. And so, so he, here's yeah. one point I want to make with this. Now the real interesting, in my opinion, the movie. So the movie, I, I, I don't know. The story, in my opinion, is kind of forgettable. There's really nothing that interesting going on in it, in my opinion, um, other than the stuff that we've talked about. You know, little nuggets here and there. Um, but what's it? But the most interesting thing, in my opinion, is that it was made by Sam Fuller, who it is the second war film that Sam Fuller did. Now Sam Fuller fought in World War II, and Sam Fuller was in the First Infantry Division, and he went on to make the 1980 film The Big Red One. And <laughs> watching this, mm-hmm. I got a lot of parallels going on. I was like, wow, I can really see that. And if you ever watch The Big Red I'm One... I'm so glad, yeah. If you ever watch The Big Red One, it is one of the weirdest war movies I've ever seen. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of shit in that to where... I mean, I don't... Okay, whatever. Sam Fuller was in World War II. Okay, that's fine, but like that doesn't immediately mean that everything he does or puts in his war movies is law or something like that. And uh, as an artist, I really don't agree with his style. He's got like this weird satiricalness to him that uh, the, everything is so like satirized. It seems it, it's it's uh, it's that, very bizarre. That, that would make sense why the inner monologue of that main character keeps happening then, because it's the same kind of stuff in the Big Red One. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, I think he's uh, done better in this movie, dude. I could like, I could really go on about. I, I mean, this movie is a, whatever. It's a '50s movie, but like the Big Red One, that is probably like one of the strangest war films I've ever seen. It's Have so you seen weird. The, the redone one. Yeah, I, that's the first. That's the one I saw when I first. <laughs> so you saw, saw the. the re, yeah. Was it called the recreation of it or something? No, that was that was the, the one I saw. I didn't see the uh, the '80s one. No, yeah, I saw the 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 one with all the deletes. Mark Hamill. Yeah, I saw the seven well, hour version. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I haven't seen the seven hour one yet, but like, if you if you look into it, there's long. a lot of um, seven hours. It's not that long, but it, it's like three or it's four like hours. Three it's hour, really yeah. long. The, well, the original is like two. That's 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 well. Yeah. It's funny because like when you look at Sam Fuller, because like he didn't do anything for like seventeen years or, or fifteen years from like the mid sixties to the eighties. Yeah, and then like he does all these movies, and like every one of them just gets destroyed <laughs> in the editing room. <laughs> What are you laughing at, Nate? I'm watching Mike. He's just making faces. Let him go off already. I, well, Let him go off. He's going to implode. Let okay, him go. Just well, to finish no, I, with a big red one, like yeah. fucking um, 
you know, he, I don't know. Sam Fuller just had a lot of fights with studios about his editing style. And they just, like, re had to recut everything. Because he worked on another film after it's called, like, White Dog. It was really controversial or something. And they had to recut it, like, four times. So, yeah, it just, it seems like he was just a kook and then tried to come back to the industry and make something really fucking strange. And everybody was like, get our money back. Yeah. And Lee, Mar Lee Marvin's in it. Get our money back. And yeah. then, like, it's fucking strange. And, you know, like you said, even the longer one, I've seen some of the clips online, but not in context of what he wanted. And this is very strange. And if you, if you talk about, if you look into the set, too, he's, like, shooting 45s at people. He was a fucking he's yeah, yeah very he's psycho yeah so it's like that's great that you're that you actually served it doesn't mean that your movies are gonna be about it are gonna be great and uh i we, we should eventually maybe do the big red one because that is yeah it, that is a doozy of a movie we will for sure yeah <laughs> where's my little fucking donut <laughs> like there's so much in that film it, it's it's the same kind of movie where it's as as this one where it's full of like this really annoying dialogue and all these like really pessimistic characters like <laughs> well, same guy you know, yeah same yeah director. that's what i'm that's, that's what like i'm saying this. that's like his style it's like everyone is like this this fucking asshole with all these wisecracks and stuff and it's like well, the steel helmet's even worse and even strange that was his it's first one he made movie. right before this one. that was yeah. his first one i've never seen i it. didn't like that it's like they end up in like a japanese temple and it's like an african-american medic like a little japanese boy and like the same sergeant rock character in every single way possible mm. like they literally just are like you want to get paid twice for the same role well, do it. And, like, he's fucking it's verbatim, dude. He's the wow. same guy in this movie. But, okay, um, so strange. let's hear what Mike has to say. Yep. <laughs> you don't hear the one that gets Well, it. with Mr. Fuller, with Mr. Fuller being the director and whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, what's really interesting, I noticed this in the opening scenes. Like, I had to actually, like, watch the first five minutes over and over again just to make sure I was correct and not incorrect. So when they reference the 16th, 18th, and 26th regiments, those are all first ID regiments. Oh, and he yeah. says Colonel yeah. Taylor yeah. in it. He says Colonel yeah. Taylor, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the first ID was not involved in Korea. Oh, I don't think that meant. But that's just him writing from memory. Yeah, that's that's his bias. Okay, okay. And so that, that's what we're I going in. Like, Mike. that's a big I fuck up. Mike B. That's a oh, big Rod fuck Sterling up. did the same thing when he talked about World War II service in the Pacific. He always talked about his unit. No, it's. it's well, I, I, here are paratroopers in Guadalcanal. It's just I agree. I agree. It's bullshit, yeah. but that's the reason why. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's the reason why, but like, that is like retarded. It's like. Okay, you've got a, a fictional script. You've got a fictional script written, and that's fine, but, like, maybe, maybe, just fucking maybe put your own personal bias from your beloved 1st Infantry Division aside and get regiments that were actually there in the Chosen, like, part of the 7th ID. Uh, you know, just whatever. But, like, that's why it's good that you actually went off on that rant, Mike, is because, or Mike A, and because he was so fucking blinded in the writing and the directing, that he could not fucking get away from the first infantry division. And they weren't even in Korea. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Think about that. Like, that's the only fucking conflict that they were not actually involved in. I didn't in the US history of military history. That. That's the only conflict that the first infantry division was not involved in. Well, he done he done so, Well, remember at the time yeah, he the done war was still going on, so they could have got deployed. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that, well, you know. Because it's 51. Okay. In the midst of the, <laughs> you know, the fighting. 
I'm not going to give you that one, Brian. I'm not going to give you well, that. That's one. Just, you know, it's understandable. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I, I'm not going to give you that okay. one. Okay. I, I, I disagree. I disagree. But like, and okay. They also, also don't name the, si- the battle, so it could be fictitious. I mean, if they did say we're okay, in, we're that's the chosen fine. Reservoir that, or something, but that's fine. Get the units fucking right. Get, just get one of the units, one it, of the like seven, six or seven units that were there, the army units that actually did fight in chosen. What's funny is that or like, around there five years ago, I would have been up the right up there with you swinging but like now it's just like it's just a you know it's just a war okay movie. you know it's not like yeah not okay. attempting to be like spr or something which is not a gold standard yes at any percent at all i know but like you know they're not like depicting you know something down to the stitches i know and, and so here's the thing is like the where i wanted to go last is because you guys have already said basically everything that i would generally agree with right and so that's why i wanted you or i wanted to go last this time um, so I'm going to go right into the details is like in that same scene in the first five minutes that Colonel that's treating him. And this, this was throughout the film too. guys in the squad or the platoon rather. Why are you wearing a Holly liner? I noticed that. I noticed the Holly liner. Yeah. What, what's going on here? Like well, they had stock at the, at the studio. <laughs> that was, that, that's how it is with a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah it's like at the studio. Yes. In like, well, okay. now diary. Oh, here you go. Oh, that's, that's what we have in a lot. Right. Yeah. Also, a lot of the guys are wearing CCC caps. Are those oh, ones the black with the caps? Yeah. Yep. Okay. No, 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 no. Those are pile okay. caps. Um, the ones that look like the M43, but like kind of a cunt cap too. Oh, I'm sorry. The mountain whatever, caps. Whatever. Just, yeah. I have one of those. I. Th- they're awesome caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they're Civilian Conservation Corps caps. They were not issued to guys in yeah, Korea. What, what did you just it, call those? Cut okay. caps. You've never, you never heard that? For an no. overseas cap? You pulled the inside in. I understand oh, why yeah, it's called that, yeah. but that's just funny. Hold on, I, yeah. My, you never heard that? Uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. And, oh, anyway, and, I was like, sorry, quick story. I was like 12 and I was wearing an overseas cap, and like a boomer was like, nice cunt cap, kid. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. But so, so the Civilian Conservation Corps cap looks like that with flaps and a buckle around front. It's not buttons or anything like the M43, but it's like those guys were wearing that in this film, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, Is that one like you know, younger guess, guy, right? Who's wearing one? No, there's multiple guys wearing. Oh, these. I remember the kid laying the minefield. I think he wore one. There was a, there was several guys that were wearing these things, and I'm like, um, pile caps, yes. Mm-hmm. Late fifty, yeah. I think or they were all being caps, used they, at the time. That's the thing. <laughs> Well, probably, and like that, that. So that also goes along with the Hollies. Is like they just got them from old stock somewhere. They find a warehouse, and okay, well, they'll fit in here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, here's the thing. Um, shit like that. Oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, no, no I, I got my next okay. point that can come. Well, later. Like back then, um, when it came to a lot of like surplus stuff, they would have it donated to like to armor armories and costume departments and stuff like that. So you see that in a lot of movies back then, like in the fifties and sixties is that they're always like wearing something that's kind of like a little too obsolete for when it's supposed to take place. It's like the generation of war before. Right. Yeah. Like that's how, um, that it's but like to Helen back, which was 55, like all the German stuff is like this weird pseudo world war one looking stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. Right. But here's the, here's the thing is like, so my, my point with that would be, my point with that would be this was six years after the second world war yeah. ended. Okay. The Holly liners, I get it. They're surplus. Somebody found something like that. 
Um, the gear didn't really change that terribly much, especially in late 50. Because late 50 was very early on in the Korean War. Like, June, yes, we went there and everything. So June to, say, December, yeah, that's six months. Most of the shit they were using was going to be World War II, which is fine. Like, the helmets were good. Like, they were World War II shells. Most of them are fixed bales, which is, I guess, fine. How many more millions but do they the have? Holly- bales at the time. But, <laughs> right. And at this point, like, Hollies would have been... And the reason I uh, harped on the Hollies is because they knew in World War II very early on that they were dog shit. That's why I stopped issuing them at a certain point. And they were like, well, they're going to fall apart. You know, like, it's fucked. Here's the... Th- and after the war... Yeah. Let's say here's the thing with a Holly. I mean, Holly is a collectorism. You know, it's people didn't know. Not at that point. People didn't know about these helmets and their variations until like the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. Right. We're looking at this stuff through people that categorize it and use it. To these guys, it's a fucking helmet shell that fucking broke. Yeah, it's surplus. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's. You know, like, again. We're calling it a Holly. It's a helmet liner to them, you know. Even for a guy that got it somehow in '44 or in '40 or whatever. The cardboard you know, liner, it, yeah, that piece of shit. Yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah, but like, it's just. I don't know it's hard to label it like that because you're just. No, no, I, 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 I get that. I get that. I get that. But like, it's you know, at the time, it's like when you're in Korea, it's like. It would be super rare. I get it, but I don't know. It's just like. It's a helmet liner. But there were so many. There was so many of them, though. Like, let's think about that. There were so many. And yes, I get. They probably got them from a depot that was like, "Well, we stopped issuing these fucking things in '43 because we got bitched at." Here you go. Here's helmet liners. You can use them for your film. I get that. But like, it's, it's yeah. Well, it's 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 a good piece of trivia to point stuff out, like because you see how movies and such were made back then, you know. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I always when I see stuff like that in old war movies and stuff like that's like oh that's that's that that's interesting that shows such and such you know but yeah it's not it's not correct right. necessarily right and so that um so I'll move on a little bit in my uh, analysis my initial analysis um I, I thought overall this was kind of a piece of shit <laughs> and it's the acting was not great. The quote-unquote effects were not great. The tactics were not great. The just casual, like, how a mortar operates. You drop it in there, and two seconds later, the fucking round comes out? No, that's not how it works. Um, Unless it's a rifled barrel one, which came out in the 70s or late 60s. But that's not what they had. And it's... I was just annoyed the whole time. I'm like, you guys just came out of the Second World War, Okay. You know how combat works, okay? Yeah, you're fighting a quote-unquote new enemy, and I get that. That's fine. Tactics change a bit, but, like, it was just the stereotypical fucking World War II shit in a Korean War movie, and it just was like... Like, one example. Okay, the guys are... are the, uh, the, the, the battalions, or the comp, whatever the fuck it is, the private battalion is marching back, right? They're retreating, right? These guys get to stay on the line. And while they're walking back, there's all these guys that are going to be defending this area, this platoon, you know, that's going to be defending them and being like, hey, we're going to be the opposition, whatever. No ammo is given to them. 
None of that. They just happen to have it. It's like, well, no. You're going to need as much fucking ammo. The guys that are running back do not need their fucking bandoliers. They're going to give them to you. Like, that's just one of the things I was like, yeah, that's... Um, Fuller, you know, he, he was in World War II. That's fine, but, like, that that little detail of shit is, like, there should have been guys being like, here, good luck, man. Or good luck, you know, not man. <laughs> but, like, good luck. Just passing bandos off, grenades, anything. Pistol ammo, rifle ammo, all that shit. But that wasn't in there, and it's like, what it... So Fuller, what did he actually do again? Fuller, what was he? What what what, what was he doing in World War Two? Yeah, he was in the First Infantry Division. Yeah, he was from Africa all the way to the end. So why the fuck didn't he put that in there? I, I don't know the man personally. No, I know that, but like you know what I'm saying is like there were so many things that he missed that were just like basic. Was this a money grab? Was this just like, you know, oh, I need money now, so I'm going to just write something and direct something that's like whatever? I think it's... It... Go ahead. He made a deal with, like, a producer. An he had to make, I think, like, seven movies or something, yeah. He was supposed to write oh. five movies, and then he was like, hey, could I direct them and you don't pay me any more money? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, it. and that's what happened. And, fucking... and then he did a few of these, and then Fox there was like, we'll make better movies with you. And then he went to Fox for a few years, and then... Um... So this is before he went to Fox. Yeah. He tried like, to get the big red one, made it, it Fox in, like, in the 50s and the 60s, but he kept failing. No, but here's the thing is, this film seems like just a fucking throwaway whatever. It was done by film. like a big And it producer. shows. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a main line studio or something. No, that, that's the problem. Is like, it, it's horse shit. And it's like, it was, it's entertaining to people at that time. I understand that whole thing too. Of like, people didn't have St. Private Ryan and all that stuff. It's entertaining, but it's like, even for the time, um, have you guys seen Hell is for Heroes? No, isn't that, that came was, out a decade later? Isn't yeah, that with Steve McQueen? McQueen? Yeah, that was sixty two. I got right? a lot of similar vibes for that. From I this. think that's sixty one. Yeah. Well, no, mm-hmm. but here's the thing: is I, I would th- I would say so. You've seen that Hell is for Heroes was way better than this. Uh, similar vibes. Oh, here's the thing: similar vibes. This one just seemed like the production staff didn't give a fuck. They they were just trying to pump out content, and it was just the most basic shit. The acting wasn't great. It's not a diss against the actors because I know how that goes. Your production your production crew has to be really good for them to actually come through. It was just the most basic bitch entertainment style film that they had to pump out because of the contract. That's the way it felt. It felt very rushed and just not like there was a lot of effort put into it. Yeah. N- like not as much as several other films around the same time. So that's that's my initial uh, my initial rant about this, and it sucks because the subject matter very cool, very interesting. The actual uh, portrayal, the what we've got out of it, like yeah, very weak. Mm. Um, very stupid, very cliche. Yeah, I think with Sam Fuller, I, uh, there, there's some great stuff that comes out of, like, you know, the 40s and 50s in terms of war stuff. I mean, like, Best Years of Our Lives, I think, is amazing. Is really good. And it's really, like, you know, unique for its time. That's just, like, something that you didn't make movies about at the that, time. That was made for the GI soul that was coming home. Yeah, I mean, and it's just, like, just it's, so for amazing. the time it was made, it's like, it's wow, that's really crazy. But um, 
I think Sam Fuller, he just, he, his whole thing, he wants to make like Willie and Joe the movie, it seems, you know, with his movies. It's like, it, it's always like these sarcastic, like idiots. And <laughs> that's, that's kind of what the movie's about. It's not really about anything else. There's just, there's always like this, you know, this objective that needs to be done and they need to do it, you know? And uh, with this one specifically, I'm just kind of like, I was I was really bored through a lot of it. <laughs> um, it didn't yeah. do much for me at all. It was one location the whole way through. Um, I, I was joking with you, Brian. I sent you that that clip of the one time that we hear uh, <laughs> a, you know a Chinese guy uh, say something, and uh, it's like he turns around and goes like or something, and it's like <laughs> I guess that was him. It's a, clearly like a voiceover or something. The only time we ever hear the enemy speak. Why did just... Why did the Chinese Beaglers play nothing but U.S. Army like? Because you wouldn't understand. Yeah, rendition it, of taps. Uh, okay, so they why were... did they steal? That, yeah. that was a strange sequence. Yeah, the old one, and then they played it back. I don't know why that. that yeah, I don't, I don't get what that was all. I, I I was trying yeah. to figure that out. He's like, give Let's me confuse a him. Go get me a bugle. It's like, well, you want me to just like run into their line and like grab one from a guy? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> right. And they'd be like, oh, they they got a bugle. They got into our line. Fuck. Right. We'll we'll just yeah. make that but line stronger. But I stronger. don't know why we'll that why screaming that bugle and doing that thing changes anything yeah. that happened it What's would just it add do? the cacophony of what was going on i don't know really yes only used to talk to infantry to like for in attacks they were never really used for like you know psychological warfare like whatever you right, hear about like they them said in the film you really only hear about yeah. them in like the 50 to like early 51 period because they're fucking stupid it's only like the very short period of time they were using the korean war and you know they were used in attacks so yeah, it was just yeah. It was that was probably one of the more nineteen fifties esque scenes. But I will give them this. Well, it was it was stupid. Yeah. I was shocked, shocked to see a fucking PPSH forty one in nineteen fifty one in this movie. That yeah, was the, the very first surprising. time we see. Uh, That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. very impressive. Because I'll give them, you know, yep. and the Chinese used so many fucking weapons. You know, this point of the war, like like M ones and Springfield nineteen oh threes, and I, yeah. I highly recommend the book. Um, oh fuck, what, what is it? Uh, it's right there. Last Stand of Fox Company, very good book. It's about Fox Company, um, Marine Corps uh, company that was holding the road open at the Trozen Reservoir during the Trozen Reservoir disaster. Fucking amazing. Um, but when they encounter the Chinese battalions, like these guys are armed with anything from Thompsons to sharpened sticks to Garands. One guy found an FN forty nine that somehow was taken off a dead Luxembourg UN guy that ended up attacking yeah. Marines on the other side of the fucking Trozen Reservoir. And the guy used it in combat. No, like, it, they, it was going to be 30 out of 6, so yeah, it makes yeah. sense. But yeah. it was really cool yeah. to see a, a real Russian PPSH. And again, in 41 and 51 in the States. Yeah, and so th yeah. there were things that they did oh, yeah. well. Mm -hmm. um, like, the uh, there were things. I just... Um, oh, the overwhelming things that I... Uh, majority of things that I saw were just not good. Yeah. And before I forget... So another thing that comes up in real like, real Korean War vets, like hardcore guys, especially in the Trozer Reservoir, and it's in the last state of Fox Company, is they could actually smell the enemy. And you hear this garlic. with, yes, heavy, heavy scented garlic. That was how you could tell Chinese yep. troops are coming. And you could usually yep. smell it like, you know, probably 100 meters out. And it really traveled in the really cold air because it's a very pungent smell. Right. In the Pacific, oh, yeah. the same thing happened too. The, the captured Japanese soldiers said that Marines smelled like goats. And they could, that's how they could tell they were coming. Um, there was something with a... There's a lot that has gone into researching about smelling the enemy. It's it's kind of bullshit most of the time because people that say it are fucking idiots. 
but there is some truth to it for some guys that like have been in a combat situation. Oh, there definitely is. Like the yeah. Korean First or Second World War. Um, even if it's a hint, even if it's a hint yeah. of garlic, you're like, yeah. that's not our food, guaranteed. It's all cultural, yeah. You know? You know? It's like the Japanese, mostly a fish yep. diet. Well, they're going to leave certain things. The Vietnamese in the you know Vietnam War as well. You're gonna have a certain diet. You're gonna leave certain things yep. behind. You know that's why like a and you're also gonna sweat. Smoke. Your sweat's gonna smell different. Yes. You know yeah. your sweat is gonna smell different. Yep. If you eat a lot of garlic, like I know, if I eat a shitload of garlic, which I love garlic, it's amazing, <laughs> but my sweat is strong with the smell of like kind of like a rotten garlic, mm-hmm. and it it is pungent. Okay. Times that by and, an Italian guys running in fucking padded right, uniforms. Right. That have not, you know, bathed in fucking weeks. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's going to stink. You're going to smell them and you're going to know that they're coming. And that's a huge thing. Like, even nowadays, like when I was in the infantry, they were like, don't, you know, MREs are actually fashioned to have you shit, non stinking shit. Hmm. That's my opinion, but like, when I shat, chew the gum. Very, very, very. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chew <laughs> the gum. Um, chicklets. And uh, but it was like it was very not. It was very neutral, right? And it didn't make you sweat a certain smell. It just you all sweat. You smell like people, right? And it wasn't pungent. There was nothing pungent in there. There's no garlic. There's no fucking like spices. It all tastes the same. Blah blah. So that was one of my theories. Once I you know started looking at history of like. Well, what you eat actually can affect your combat effectiveness because the enemy can smell you, and that's a true thing. And yeah, it, it, it's 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 weird. And I did like that fact about this. That the one guy was like, "I can smell him." It's like, well, yeah, that's not just him going trying to be hardcore. It's like, oh no, you can, especially in winter air when it's dry. Yeah. And it doesn't stick to humidity. Shit you know, travels, it's like, you know. If you can smell if you can smell their food or their sweat, it's like, well, they're close. Mm-hmm. You know, like another thing, you know, again, I liked about this, and I'm realizing as we talk about <clears> it, that I, it was a lot it was a lot of good scenes between crap, you know, that like made it bearable. But I really like the scene where he's pointing the M one, Deno. He has the M1 right on that guy in the field, and he's yelling at himself in his head to fucking pull the trigger. Why are you not pulling the trigger? You're fucking pussy. Yep. Why are you not doing it? Again, a lot of these movies at this time were made to get people ready for war, like Sergeant York. It's fun. Let's yep. do it. Ha ha. Gobble like a turkey. But to show like fun. a guy, yep. like, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. you fucking do it. You fucking it. Why can't you fucking do it? And just like, you know, this is a life or death situation, and he can't force himself. I thought that was very powerful. And I thought it was very good. Right. You know? Well, it also it's also it's also a psyop in itself because they probably learned a lot of that shit in World War II of guys that just couldn't do it, and they probably put that in there to make people watching this go, "Well, I never want to be that guy. I never want to be that guy." You know, they can't pull the trigger. You know, see, that's how that's that's how it works, though. Oh, that's yeah. how it works. I got a different gist from it. I mean, I, I didn't get this as like a pro-war movie because at the end they're all fucking no, staggering. No, 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 no. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that, but yeah. like it, it's still like. You're gonna throw that in there and be like, mm-hmm. "This guy is considered a pussy." Yeah. Like, not just with that, but like, you know, the way his leadership style is, he's questioning himself constantly. Yeah. And you go subconsciously, you go away from that, going, "I don't ever want to be that guy." Yep. Or trust. I want to be the guy that can pull the trigger. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, no, I didn't think it was a pro pro war film or anti war film. Yeah, which again, I thought it, it was just a war film. It's yep. funny for the time. 
and and coming off of like Sands of Iwo Jima to like this, where it's like guys blowing yeah. up in minefields and getting gunned down, and like you know, fucking indirect fire can kill you. It's not some fucking here's a nip with a knife in his fucking teeth crawling across the sands of Iwo. Like, you know, it's like things that you don't see from people will kill you. It's just well, they, they also made combat look up, you know. Well, but the indirect fire, like, did not have the actual effect that it has in real life. The problem is they, they filmed it in a soundstage, so they're limited to, like, how many square feet. They have all the weapons. What? Of how it, many but... guys want to get killed, too? That's the problem. It's like, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, a, uh, a 60 millimeter mortar lands within about 30 yards of you. You're going to get hit. Yeah, well. And they had, on both sides, they had guys that were getting mortar rounds next to them and they were just like oh, shrugging it off like nothing happened yep and it's like well that's not how it works it was like call of duty health stamina for sure <laughs> the one guy right. like laying camp right. got like shot like four times when he was in the minefield and then was still alive so well and that too like the, the so here's the here's the thing is like the fire yeah you, you might miss a couple times because it's cold if you're that close though you're not going to miss that fucking much yeah, and also the other thing too with the cold is funny. It kind of helps with injuries, especially severe injuries, because it helps to stop them from you bleeding out so quickly. The blood clots better in like these sub-degree temperatures, and a lot of times uh, that's not true. If you got a bad, if you got a well, bad wound, oh, it's gonna flow. Oh yeah, but I'm saying that to a certain extent, like some superficial things will heal or at least stop bleeding. You know, in the elements, they'll stop bleeding. Then it'll pool up in there. It's that. That's a fallacy. Um, because when, when you get more blood going to a certain part of your body, it doesn't matter if you're fucking cold or whatever, that heat of all that blood moving there is going to melt all that shit, and it's still going to create problems. Um, it's unless your, your, your appendage is completely frozen, which you're fucked anyway, uh, that's not going to make a difference. Interesting, because I've heard about guys that like got wounded in the cold, and then they went inside, and they warmed up, then they bled out. The cold was helping them survive, especially in the Eastern Front. You read a lot of that a lot. Yeah, but f- medically speaking, that's not unless unless your appendage is frozen or extremely cold, which you're fucked anyway because you have frostbite at that point. Yeah, it's that that's not a thing. Oh, and to, t- to touch on that randomly, because there's, there's the whole frostbite scene. Yeah, in go ahead. Film too. Yeah, his, they're all like rubbing his, their feet together feet, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's not frostbite. That's that's the predecessor to frostbite. Yeah, and but but they did try to t- you know <clears throat> touch on the coldness. Though. I, I I did like that because, you know, he's hitting what he thinks is the other guy's feet. He's hitting his own feet, and it's like, yeah, you need to get up and fucking move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's actually that's actually fairly realistic. Is like, that's when you start getting like his toes at that point when it started being frostbitten. But like, yeah. You know, and see, first it turns blue, then it turns black. Yeah, it <laughs> you know, turns like, purple. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It turns purple, then it, yeah, it turns yeah, and um, that's 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 actually pretty pretty correct. Um, that's also an infantryman's fucking way of saying things, but like, yeah, it's that's that that is true. Yes, and so they were freezing cold. They were also walking in water that was freezing cold. Yeah. Anytime I see that, like in a movie or something, where it's you know like snow like this and someone moves through the water, it just makes me cringe. Like that must just be the worst fucking thing. Well, it's like these guys that have been avoiding that water at all costs. Like it's not that far to jump across it. 
They would have been walking through it in snow. Like they would have been like jumping across that to not get their and feet or wet. putting something on top he, of it he, to not let it be a thing. It's it's theatrical. It's it's every time. It's 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 yeah. You know, walk yeah. through the water, make it look cool. Look how miserable it is. Look look, look at the water. Waves. Yeah. Yeah, but in real life, like as an infantryman, like you would go, hey, avoid that shit and leave it open because then it's like, hey, everybody sees there's water there. Not good. Your feet are actually a priority, which they portrayed in this film. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to be walking through water just to go out to the fucking frozen snow with leather boots. Not going to happen. They had that, you know, they were all like around that little pond, and they, or they call it the pool in the movie. And like they were giving out the coffees. And the one guy got his coffee and he hated it. <laughs> he tried to give it off to the fucking medic for shaving. Well, it was too hot. It was yeah, too I hot. Yeah, I know. That, that, that was pretty funny. You yeah. can use mine. Yep. No, don't use the you know, fucking hot liquid. Yep. Like, <laughs> I got some right. Reveille Cave vibes, though, just because it was a cave. Yeah, me too. I, I, I thought Yeah, that was thing. the very first thing I thought about. Was like, yeah. I was like, oh. Everyone listening to this yeah. will know what we mean in a year. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Is there anything but, more to yeah. say about fixed bayonets? Uh, I can say a few more things. Anybody else want to say anything? Or? Uh, I think I've said everything I've wanted to say. Like I say, it's... It's most like Sam Fuller's most stuff. He likes to, he wants to do like Willie and Joe the movie, and that's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, but that's, I mean, an infantry company. You're going to have people like I that. I understand they, that. More, I don't like more it. more accentuated, and it's not like. <laughs> yeah. That's, in my always, opinion, there's just not I, much I think else. it's. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I think it's better than having, here's the Jewish guy. Here is the Brooklyn guy. It's like, why do we need the fucking Power Rangers in World War II, Steven Spielberg? Like, fucking, <laughs> why do we have one token right. dude for each one? But, like, but you, still, you still got that, though, without without naming the uh, where they're from. Like, Sergeant Rock. Yeah. The typical fucking hardcore yeah. fucking what, badass sergeant. This, this and was the, what started the whole, like, Sergeant Rock, like, fucking uh, action figure, by the way. If I'm not mistaken. He's movies. but Yeah, but it's like, it's like, could you get more stereotypical than the guy that's like, I don't necessarily want to be here. I can't do this job. You know, he's a corporal. It's like, oh, well, how the fuck are you a corporal then if you've never done that? But like, <laughs> whatever. Like, and and then like, you know, the fucking, the foreign guy, yeah, the loudmouth guy, the guy that knows everything, you know, which is fun. Like, these selectors are at least 2,000 years old. It's like, great, clown face. Like, get the fuck moving. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but like, it's like the stereotypical fucking characters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's, oh, everybody else is dead. I'm in charge now. I'm going to say the same exact shit. Fucking the grab him in a blanket. Bury him. I thought this, I fucking hate, Mark and it. I knew that that was going to happen. I hate that shit in, in war movies when they do that sort of thing. Um, that's him stiffening yeah. up. Yeah. But, that, but, that's, but that's 40s dumb. and 50s Hollywood for you, though. I understand. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't mean it. Doesn't mean it's, it's great. <laughs> well, here okay, can I? No, can I no. Tell I'm a little... not saying it's good. Just saying like that's just just yeah. get ready. To Michael, Michael's it. gonna go on story time. Yeah, I can right tell now. a little story. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 1992 <laughs> when I was Finland two, when I was two years old. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, stop laughing, uh, boomer. Yeah. No. The uh, so. That th- that sort of thing with yeah, it, th- there's this there's this theme going on through the movie where it's uh someone dies and the sar the one who's in charge says wrap him in a blanket, bury him and mark it like that happens I think three times in the movie you know they had this the sarge yep. that then finally the 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 guy has to come around be the leader at the end when the sarge dies 
he says it like, oh, it's perfect irony for the movie or something. Um, and it, it's funny because I hate cheesy shit like that uh, when it's so blatant. And I remember I read the very first draft uh, years ago. I read the very first draft of Saving Private Ryan. And the very first draft for that movie had something in it that was very similar to that. And I'm so, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I have my own things with Saving Private Ryan, but I'm so glad they took it out. In the original script, they had this whole thing that when someone would die in the script, someone would, would like mention their name. And then Captain Miller would say, uh, who, who is like, like, okay, uh, you know, uh, the Vin Diesel character dies. Uh, what's his name? Um, I forgot. Caparzo. Caparzo, yeah. Caparzo. Yeah, it's like, oh man, Caparzo's dead. Then then Miller would say, Who's Caparzo? I've never heard of Caparzo. Caparzo doesn't exist. And uh. then like later and then later on, you know, Wade dies in the movie and then in the script, like, oh man, can't believe we lost Wade. Who's Wade? I don't know Wade. Wade doesn't exist. And then at the very end of the script, they have it so when the this Tom Sizemore character, Sergeant Mike, dies, Captain Miller is at the they're like, What do we he's like, what do we do now that Mike's dead? And he's like Who's Mike? I don't know Mike. Or something. And it's just like, this is the cheesiest horse shit I've ever heard. And I'm so glad that they took it out of the movie. Well, you told me some other yeah. shit where like he was lighting a like, Tom Hanks character was yeah. lighting a cigar. Yeah, on in the throat. in the first draft in yeah. the six foot fucking surf off Normandy. Yeah, you know, when they're the approaching when they're in the in the first draft of the script when they're approaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when they're approaching the beach, he light he has a cigar in his mouth and he lights a match off uh, one of the guy's helmets. Yeah. Uh-huh. The wet helmet. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're also it's the, the that's the, how your Omaha movie starts, right? Well, no. The first, the funniest thing about uh, about yeah. that script too is that it confuses Omaha Beach and Point to Hawk. It like mashes them together. It's oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're they're attacking quote Omaha Beach, but they're climbing up ropes at the same time. It's 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 like Point to Normandy. Ra- uh, Robert Rodat for that first uh, draft, he didn't know what the fuck Omaha Beach was. <laughs> funny before we jump into imftb i will say this though the dry socks was a funny gi thing that i liked especially when the guys were dreaming about it hey i, I know mike sykes that finding him was stupid but it was just funny because <laughs> you know it's the colds everybody's wet because you're walking through a pool for no reason it was just funny to see dry socks come up one of the ones so and imftb guys uh you know the drill. if you're new and you don't go to uh, internet movie firearms database and well, we'll see what awesome Korean War guns they use. I like how, like, on IMFDB, they, they always use, like, the colloquial term, M1 Garand. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Cal, or US Rifle Caliber 30 M1. Mm-hmm. Bam. They're good. They're, they're, they're good uh, nice view of the muzzle right there with the bayonet attached. Oh, yeah. I saw some BFAs. That was... This one that, is not yeah, that, that, was, that was oh, cool. I yeah, saw, that. All of them have BFAs in there. Yeah. Yeah, this, this one didn't have a BFA on it, though. At least no, for the close-up, because a like, lot of stuff in Hollywood, they don't care. They just put it nice, also nice rubber prop guns for the uh, Chinese. Oh, yeah. They have some cut-down bayonets, Loved too, it. which is cool. Like, the main character has a 1905 E1, which is the Yeah, one yeah, and that's fine. Yep, that's fine. For a bit there, I had to look at the parkas, because I thought they were German parkas, but they're actually the, the correct mountain parkas. How can you tell if they were German, though? Well, because the buttons look like the paper ones the Germans used, uh, okay. and from where the line was. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I don't know enough to comment on that, so I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I was wrong. You were wrong that they were see German how they have because the, you're saying they're, they're saying yeah, they're, they're GI. Correct, you see the little right? the yeah. top flap? Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, the, they're the correct American ones. It was cool to see the, the some M1 
M1 uh, M blocks like on their kit. Not on the bandoliers, that was yeah. a bit strange, but at least some of the kit. He throws the carbine at a guy, doesn't he, at one point? I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I think they were in the cave. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I don't know where I planted the mines. <laughs> I can walk backhanded on it. That's why I hate, that's why I'm saying it. it's like Willie and Joe the movie. It's so annoying. Yeah. I don't ever see the BAR. Right, so this BAR, that would, that would have been a fucking, that would have been an A4. You know that. Yeah, it's again, it's At this it's point, because it's like, it's an obsolete studio. one, which is why the movie people were able to yep. get it. Yep, exactly. And it never was used. It was just in the yeah. back of the cave, so yeah. Yep. Oh, those are ammo, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the... <laughs> they did say put a BAR up there or something at some point. Yeah, yes! Bad, yeah. Oh, there you go, a little Ma Deuce action. That, I thought that was cool, to have a real 50 in it. Yeah. It had a pretty good cyclic rate. And then later on in the film, you see like all the shit strewn around. And the fact the guy got his ear shot off was interesting. I know that it was trying to be macho and shit, but yeah. um, there's not a lot of other films from the time, again, where a guy gets his if ear you, shot if off. If you can get your ear shot off by a rifle round, like, and, and land on the fucking barrel, that's impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there's your A4. Yeah, there's the A4 on the on the, on the, on the, on the Chinese yeah. tank, the okay, yeah. Soviet yeah. tank uh, yeah. on the M3 well, Stewart. It's an M5. I'll give them this though. They, they did choose the only American tank that had the most. Is that a five? Armor. Are you sure? I think it's an M5 with a with a modified turret. I think it's an M3. It, it looked just like a. M5, it just looked like a giant prop to Slope me. It didn't front. look real. Yeah. Oh, that's a real tank, okay, but like tank. the the gun is fake. It could the be the M5A5, which was the export model. It's more curvy. All right, well, scroll, da- scroll down Metal there. Metal pipe with holes Fucking... drilled in it. Yeah. Yeah, the 1917, we talked about this. I yep. love the look of that gun. It's so hot. It's a fucking beast, yeah. man. It saved so many guys' lives. I want one I knew it... so bad. It just costs so goddamn much now. I know. I knew Battle of the Bulge vet, 103rd Golden Alliance, I believe. Uh, he, he said he shot out two barrels from it, water-cooled, on the first day of the Battle of the Bulge. Wow. Fucking, Yeah. It's a lot of shooting. Pure sex. The Papa right here. Pure sex. This that was, pure again, Soviet porn. Sex. I love while, <sighs> while you were attending to the Doge, we'd mentioned it was really cool to see this in a. Yeah. Do you have a hard on, Nate? Do you have a hard on for Soviet guns? I, I have a hard on for the forty ones. Okay, for the PPSH. He's in my phone as PPSH boomer. Um, I was hoping I I I was hoping that I could see. I'm trying to see if I can see here. Not charging. Oh, that's a shame. Well, well, I mean, oh, oh, shut up. Get out of here. Yeah. Ad. <laughs> Don't care about you fishing. Um, <laughs> it's hard to tell from here. This actually might be the chi- a Chinese one because the Chinese ones don't have safety notches. There's no front sight mm-hmm. post. It's, oh, uh, yeah, or, um, you're right. Yeah. So it's a really early one. Probably a prop. Yeah. No, it's probably a 42. It might be chopped down to where it can't fire anymore but uh no possible. well no well no, no that, was, that was way before yeah, then the, yeah. the, that is weird it has no front sight yeah they had a front sight protector that came out like at 40 but it doesn't even have but it doesn't even have a front sight normally it has like a screw uh, no post. it has no it does not uh, i think it's just the angle no it has a post no the, the front sight's there yeah okay it's just the early like nailed style yep the early pbshs are very strange Looking, yeah, well, compared to the ones we all like, from Call of Duty. Why don't they have a foregrip on them? It's just like, how am I supposed to hold this by the drum the magazine? Drum. The like, drum. Well, there's like, so there's like, it's like, it's like right in front of the drum. There, the, the, the magwell is like this thick. 
so you can grab like right in front and or hold by the drum. It's so solid. It don't if you have a good fit because you want to get the ones that have a good fit. If you have ones that wobble, they don't feed. So you have to have the ones that are stiff, and so then it's a tight fit and it won't move. And nice. so you can hold it. You can normally hold it right on the crook area like that, or you can hold it on the drum, or you can hold it behind the drum. It's, uh, it just seems so obvious. Like, put a wooden foregrip on that thing like a Thompson. Even, you, they're, even they're, during the war, yeah, they had troubles with mags and stuff. And also, you can hold it by the um, sling symbol, which you see a lot on Thompson's, actually. Yeah. You can also... Or like this. You can also... I've seen guys in mainly, like, Vietnam and stuff. They've jerry-rigged, um, like, foregrips into the actual shroud. Mm-hmm. So like the so that shroud is under on the side yeah. like they 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 have like ways of like even though it doesn't have holes I don't think it has holes underneath I think it folds. Like John Bassalone handle. Yeah, it, it, there's no holes underneath, but they I've seen guys jerry rig stuff that actually kind of holds it in and uh, but like for the most for the most part the cyclic rate is so high, and it's such a low caliber you don't really need to worry about climbing. It's not like a Thompson where you shoot it and it climbs. Mm-hmm. It it this is a lower caliber, so it's kind of like once you have the weight. What also if, like if you're using it how it's correctly supposed to be used, you're not going to be doing cyclic. You're just going to be going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. You're going to be like thumping it. Yeah. Nate, is that a Thompson drum? It looks too big for the man. No. Shut no, up! I don't a, care it's about it's fishing. Um. I don't know. This looks. No, no. That's okay. a, that's a forty-one. Because yeah. here's the bar. Okay. Um, the Thompson has the spoon turns, like the yep. things mm-hmm. that you twist. That's just a latch. And the half moon clip. Yeah. Things. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, ooh, what year is that? And I was trying to like see pictures yeah. of it. it. Again, it was like fi- wartime Korean film, and they have a PBSH 41. Yeah. Like, yep. Wow. Pure sex. The super bazooka. <laughs> see, th- this is one of the scenes that I fucking hate. Super bazooka. Super. It's like. It takes three fucking bazookas to take out a fucking. I think they actually Stuart. knocked out the tank. <laughs> <out of it. laughs> Look at that! Look at that image holes. right there. They actually used yeah. some kind of projectile. So. I, th- yeah. I think they actually shot the tank too, because when you see it burning, it looks just like the um, footage from Cologne of the Panther burning, where you see the fire inside the tank. Yeah, it's like black and hole, black and hole. You see that super bazooka. I know that I obviously know this is Korean. This is Korean War. It's contemporary when it was made. You see that super bazooka in so many World War II movies back in the fifties oh, yeah. and sixties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in, yeah, in the fifties, cool like, that's when actually. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that was actually really cool. That was a good touch. The M twenty on the correct um, mount. Seventy six millimeter. Like the nineteen seventy five. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The very late war, they used them. You see, yeah, twenty millimeter ones actually. You see, paratroopers use them in Valkyrie or Varsity. Why is why are their helmets so shiny here? Water. They got white, and they're just reflecting yeah. the fucking lights in the, the top studio. Of the those are studio it's lights. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, 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 I know those are studio lights. I just was like, I don't remember. There's four different suns like in North Korea. Right, right, yeah. It's yeah. melting snow. Yeah, it's melting snow. It's 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 worse yeah. than Tatooine. <laughs> I think the gun, gun sights fucking. They painted over it though. Yeah, look at that. Or they didn't take the cover off. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that when they were looking just through look, it. Look blackness as you look through the. It's tinted, Brian. Come on, stop ruining the illusion. It's He's to aiming it, at the cameraman. Yeah, it's to ruin the 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 flare of the sun off it, you know. Yeah. But uh, the helmets kind of defeat that purpose. You see, these are stalactites. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I love that part. That was my favorite <laughs> yeah. part of the movie. Uh, and there oh, we they go. Don't, they don't mention the artillery guns or anything. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, the guy That's that did fun. this one wasn't as good as the other ones. 
So if you want to amend the page, go to I can IMFTB. do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've done it many times to many pages. Um, Let us well, never speak I, of this movie again. <laughs> I guess uh, we could start our outro. Do our, uh, our how many mails we're going to give this? Well, uh, Mike, he's you wanted to go. Uh, you know, last first. You can now go first last. So yeah, this one just didn't do it for me. It was like if I was a kid and watching it, it'd be it'd be cool, but like. Yeah, this is just, I just, again, I felt like the overall theme was like just pumping this shit out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I already said that. Um, so out of 10, I'm going to give this a two. God damn. Ooh. Uh, Mike A, you've got it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. No yeah, explanation, I, just two? Mike drop? I already gave my explanation. Yeah, but. In the fucking podcast. <laughs> Yes, mic drop. Where have you mic been? Drop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mic drop. Okay. Yes, mic drop. Mike A, you got it. Okay. Um, I yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I was particularly bored through it. Yes, there were some little interesting things, which I, most war movies back then are. Like you watch them, it's like, oh, this is cute, but hey, that's kind of a nice little thing to see in there. Hey, that's a cool little touch. But uh, but yeah, like I say, I, I'm not really a fan of this of the fuller uh, of the, the the fuller style. And um, I don't know. It's uh, it's okay. I guess I would give it probably four out of ten. You know, it's harmless, but uh, so forgettable. <laughs> God, God damn, dude! You guys are brutal tonight. Jesus. I I could say a lot. I said nice things to it. You know, I said it was cute <laughs> and it was uh, forgettable. It was so. cute. It's condescending. It's cute. It's condescending cute. It's know. cute and forgettable, you know. It's it's harmless. So it's not good. <laughs> it's like the diet soda you have after lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who are you passing the mic off to, Mike? Okay. Oh no, Nate. We'll do Nate. Uh, uh yeah. I mean it's a different style. However, they were churning these as as Mike B said a bunch of times. They, this is the time era where they were like churning out war movies, black and white war movies. Just you know, shove it out, do it, release onto the next one, and that's what this is. That aside, um, you know, I I I mentioned what I really liked about, it and you know, we all talked about what kind of what we hate about. It. I pretty much resonated with everything like that, but I, I didn't come out hating. It. I didn't come out being like seethingly angry about anything. Um, you know, so like I I don't know. I mean, there were there were oh, horrible cliches and you know that kind of stuff. It felt kind of like you know a campy B rated movie of the time if you were to like grade it of the time. So. I don't know. Let's 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 give it some mercy. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Screaming Mel Gibson's. It uh it there were there were there were parts of it that resonated just a little bit more than like the really bad 1950s movies that I have seen. So I I, I felt it, it it doesn't it doesn't deserve high markings. It doesn't deserve low markings. But it earns a little bit more just to be a little bit outside of the my ticket's been punched. Ugh. <laughs> so you know, I I I give it a six out of ten. Cool, Brian. It's definitely an interesting film. I mean, even though fucking we all didn't like a lot of it, 
at least we were able to talk about it for a while. You know, it makes you it talk. It's not like some of these other films where it's like, oh my God, I wasted two hours of my life and I don't want to fucking talk about the two hours of my life I wasted. You know, like, at least we can have a conversation about it. Pearl Harbor. Yes. We haven't even got there yet. <laughs> Midway. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it has a lot of things um, that are good. I feel like it has a few things that are bad, but I did enjoy it. Um, it is a product of its time. I get it, and I can, you know, conceptualize that. Um, but seeing what came before it and what came after it, I think it's it's kind of interesting, and I think it did influence a lot of later films. And like you know, Mike said earlier, Hell for Hero or Hell's for Heroes with Steve McQueen that came out literally a decade later. It's funny to compare Sergeant York, you know, that came out before this, ten years, to this, to that, and how like the narrative has changed with war movies over two decades. Um, so I really think like this started us on the path towards things like um, Hells for Heroes and the the '60s war movies that like got really people like you know talk about like uh, fucking obviously I'm drawing a blank now but uh, like Eagles there or um, the Eagle has landed like that kind of stuff I really think right. that this pushed right. it more in that direction of just like you know more action with a narrative like you know. Um, the Grand Illusion, where it's like a PW camp the whole time, or like you know, it, I think it's an important building block in far as as war movies have progressed. Um, that being said, you know, it does have a lot of flaws and things, but I, I still want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I give it a seven. And I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot yeah. better. I've absolutely seen a lot worse. Yeah, yeah I, I just feel oh, yeah. like you know, I just wonder what they cut out of it. You know, I wonder if it could have been a better film because it really just feel like this Fury-esque style, just like you're trying to hit the high notes all the time with like, you know, the characters and this and that. It's kind of like too much, you know. If it was toned down a bit, I think it might be better. But it is just a product of its time. So. It, it could it could also be heavily influenced by uh, 20th Century Fox as well in terms of that, you know. It's like, hey, we want to make this, you know, movie. And I feel like, kind of kind of what you said like by by laying the foundation of you know 10 15 years from that point when that movie was made that's also when production companies and companies in general kind of allow the a hands-off approach and try to experiment then the cookie cutter let's shape it up this way send it out done and i i feel like you know this is a a, a movie and a product of its time literally because that is that was the 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 playbook at that time cookie cutter send it out done on the next one to kind of reverberate what mike b had said you know kind of push it out and just get it the fuck done um you know i i, I think it really does resonate with that so that that also might be you know a big influence as well the company's going you know send it out next one go boom that's you know. why you never sell your soul to a studio because that's what they're gonna do you know they're gonna they're gonna fuck with it and uh you know like it or not you know at least uh you know with with independent films uh you can do whatever the fuck you want to do i mean really to wrap it up what other korean war movies from the u.s perspective are there that are good there's not a lot there's yeah. not a lot i don't know many that at aren't all. of the time yeah hold like on. uh um, there's on. pork google. chop hill google there's pork chop hill Mm-hmm. Which Korean you know we could we could talk about at some point, films. which is a very strange film but a good film in a lot of ways. Never seen that one. That's more of just like a we have the objective. Now, if I mm. think about that, is like they're like oh, um, Gregory Peck was like a uh, pacifist, 
So the whole film, he doesn't shoot a gun at all. And, and like all he does is throw hand grenades. So you can throw hand grenades if you're a pacifist, but you can't shoot a gun. And then a few well, years later, when he fucking does Guns and Navarone, he's sh like shooting everybody. I remember like, that. What that happened? That's, no, that's yeah. fine. Because I was, uh, 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 I was about to say that. I was about to say, but <laughs> but Brian, I've seen the Guns and Navarone where he kills people. Yeah, yep. I know. Like what happened? Like how much more money did they add to his contract? Between like, like, well, I can't. Well, maybe he just wants to kill Germans. I can't. Kill that's them, what I was just gonna know? say. That. Well, they're Nazis, and Nazis <laughs> well, are people. You know. I like to explore different roles. Because yeah. <laughs> even the scene in, in the Guns of Rome is like, you got me mad enough to use this thing. Right. You know, like, but it, it's just interesting. <laughs> like, and there's a lot of South Korean movies from the South Korean perspective. There's even movies now like Assembly that are from the Chinese perspective during the Korean War. Um, but the U.S. ones, there's really not a lot of, um, yeah. which is saddening. And it's so diverse. Even to broaden that out to the U.N., there's not a lot of stories about the Brits or right. the Turks. I mean, MASH Canadians, covers everything, yeah. but MASH was 40 years ago. You know, I mean, there's just not a lot out there. There is literally nothing of a, I mean, Grant, only like a five-minute Google search, but I can't find anything that isn't South Korean or, there's some, or over 50 years old. Yeah, oh, they're all 50, over 50 years old. There's some that look really bad, like Target Zero and stuff. I know the bridges at Toko Ri is really, the ending is really good, but it's a very sappy 1950s love story. That's very patriotic, though. That kind of like paints the picture like you do your duty even when you don't think you need to. You do it even if you die doing it in peacetime. Like, it's, it's, that's like the total juxtaposition to this movie where it's like guy yelling at himself to shoot the enemy in front of him and that he's a pussy for not doing it. So, but, um, yeah, it's just there's not a lot out there, unfortunately. So, if you're listening to this and you're have connections and you want to make a Korean War movie, do it because there's no good U.S. films out there. Yeah, don't that have watch made this, this millennium. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if if somebody puts a gun to your head and you have to watch Midway or this, definitely watch this. Yeah, yeah watch this. There are yeah there are better movies from our repertoire that you know we've we've talked about that we really think you should watch. This is also shorter. This is also shorter. So yeah, yes, much shorter. So. <laughs> yeah, ninety minutes, and it's also on YouTube. If you want to watch it, um, but anyway, so that's fixed bayonets. Join us next week for uh, another war film. See you guys. Bye bye. So what's that shit story, Mike? Yes, tell no. It's a it's it's great. <laughs> well, so are, are, let's all right. Are we done recording on Audacity? Fuck no, no. I'm still recording. What are you fucking kidding me? I'm I'm fucking recording this story. Are, are you oh, kidding not. me? <laughs> oh, I'm okay, okay then, penis. Are you? Like, are you yeah. still recording? I'm still recording. I'm actually gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's stop recording. That's be funny. End it with that. And see you guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.